Howdy, folks, and thanks for tuning in to this episode of Rediscover the Winds, a Wyoming history podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kirsten Michael, formerly Belisle. And I'm Zach Larson. Both Kirsten and I work for the Fremont County Museum System located in the heart of West Central Wyoming. Using artifacts from our three museums and interviews with experts, we're here to discover, and in some cases, rediscover, the quirky, the heart-wrenching, the fascinating stories of Fremont County, Wyoming, and the American West. Last episode, we talked with Dave Sutherland, who works with the City of Boulder open spaces and mountain parks more or less more or less and that was a great interview he's had a a very interesting career that's taken him all over north and south america so um that in mind our next guest is caitlin merman who is also an awesome interpreter she definitely works out um in nature kind of like topher and dave did Uh, but she has a, a new kind of view on it and so without further ado we'll let you listen to the awesome interview we did with caitlin so thank you very much for coming with us today. I know this was kind of dropped on you very <laughs> okay. shortly ago, um, but we're really excited to have so many people willing and wanting to talk about what they do with us. So without further ado, would you like to tell us a little about yourself and who you are and what org you, live, you work with? Sure. Yeah. So my name is Caitlin Merriman, and I'm the community programs manager at Walking Mountain Science Center in Avon, Colorado. So we're a nonprofit organization that works with both um, the public and sort of private school district to um, educate on natural science education. Awesome. So you are from Colorado also. I Mm -hmm. promise listeners we are going to branch out to somewhere besides the Rocky Mountain area, but why branch out when there's so many awesome things to talk about here? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm going to ask you the same question. So what brought you to NAI? Um, So... We work as interpreters at my science center. So we um, lead all sorts of walks and talks on a daily basis through our science center for members of the public, whether they're locals or visitors. And so we use specifically all of the skill sets that NAI provides as certified interpretive guides. Um, And so coming to these conferences is a really great way for us to stay current on all of those techniques that we use and also pick up really great new resources to expand our programming and continue to get better and better at what we do. For sure. People say the internet is a great resource, but I will always say that face-to-face networking conferences like this is, it's amazing and mind-blowing just what uh, people talk about and I learn about coming Mm -hmm. from here. So did you plan to be in this field? Like, was this your career goal? Um, I didn't know that this was a career until the end of college when I had already picked my degree and Mm -hmm. pretty much was finished with it. Um, And then I actually met Topher and some other people from the city of Boulder Open Space and Mountain Parks. And that was my first exposure that this actually is a field Mm -hmm. and got very excited that I could, you know, someday grow my career in this direction. And so when I did discover that, I kind of knew right away that in some capacity, this is something I had to keep doing. That was so awesome. Yeah. My boss, she always says that if she knew museums was a career path or interpretation was a career path, she would have done something other than geology. Mm -hmm. Um, Lucky for her, geology is a huge part of what the Dubois Museum interprets. So she, it fits very well, but she always says she would have loved to start living, being part of this field uh, much, much sooner than she did. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but that's so cool that you found this path and this career, and it sounds like you're doing some awesome things. So is there a project you would like to talk about um, with us today? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so Walking Mountain serves many parts of the general public, mm-hmm. um, but the thing that I work on specifically that I'm most excited about is working with preschool-aged children, early mm-hmm. learners. And so um, despite being in the Rocky Mountains and having a lot of amazing resources, what seems like right outside our backyards, we actually have a lot of limiting factors for mm-hmm. families and families with young children to getting outside and just creating basic connections with nature. And there's a lot of statistics about how not having experiences and comfort in nature at an early age mm-hmm. will lead to discomfort in nature your entire life. And so yeah. we aim to get as many early learners out into nature and not just have them be comfortable, but have them be curious and excited mm-hmm. to spend time in nature as soon as possible. So I'm working with uh, all of the public sector preschools. And mm-hmm. so our local school district has preschools. Um, and so we go to visit the preschools once a month so that we can get them out into nature at an early age to just kind of start that early literacy. And it's mm-hmm. a really exciting project and we're trying to expand it as much as possible. Oh, that is you are a better person than I am because the idea of being surrounded by preschools is kind of terrifying. It's like uh, being surrounded by puppies. Oh, that's a good way to think about it. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to remember that the next time. We've had kindergartners visit our um, museum and so much fun. I love yeah. it because we have hands-on educational pieces. And whether you are a kindergartner or a retired gray-haired person, they love touching things. Mm-hmm. So that's always been a lot of fun when we get the groups in um, to do with that. Um, we don't really get to take them outside, though, which is unfortunate. I mean, we do tracks and yeah. stuff like that, but the idea of going to the schools directly and doing these programs, that's that's awesome, and it definitely yeah. sounds like something that needs to be done. It takes that accessibility out of it. The, they mm-hmm. don't have to come to us, and they don't have to worry about transportation, which is probably their biggest barrier. Mm-hmm. So that is a good problem you know, solver. Yes, problem solving is a lot of what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... What is some of your main challenges that you encounter working in the field of interpretation, in the field of natural um, sites being kind of your core focus? It's a good question. Um, think buy-in, the making everything relevant, mm-hmm. whether you're speaking to, you know, someone who's lived in the area for 40 years and identifies as, you know, a hardcore local to the Eagle Valley or someone who's only going to be there for a couple of days, you have to make sure that it's relevant to them, the information that you're sharing. And if it's not, they're not going to do anything with that mm-hmm. information. And so making, even if you only have 10 minutes to spend with somebody, trying to give that 10 minutes, a really like loaded mm-hmm. 10 minutes of where, you know, you make a lot of meaning for those people in a really short period of time, I think is a challenge, but a huge opportunity. Mm-hmm. And statistically, it's it's been said that the interactions with staff and programmers actually significantly increases people's satisfaction with experiences and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's definitely the cost benefit buy-in um, and yeah, making, making meaning and making it relevant to people. Mm-hmm. That is... A big challenge Mm -hmm. that I definitely know that we deal with up in Fremont County. Yeah. Um, So that's a challenge. What's your favorite part of working in this field? Um, I love that every day is different. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine working in a place where, you know, your nine to five looks pretty much the same every day. And I'll spend an entire day out in the field helping out with a fish shocking program for high school students Mm -hmm. just because that's 
an opportunity that came up that day. And then, you know, the next day I'm teaching preschool for a few hours and the next day I'm mentoring our naturalists in our naturalist Mm -hmm. internship program. So the fact that I get to go outside every day and that every day is pretty different from Mm -hmm. the last, I think is what keeps me here and keeps me motivated. Awesome. I got one for you. That's right. Um, we're recording this on my oldest son's third birthday. Oh, happy birthday. So, um, what can parents do to to be better at getting their kids outside and, and experiencing this the nature that we have around us? Um, to go with them, to create relationships with each other, I would say, in nature. I think I'm going to butcher it, but it's a Rachel Carson quote that um, every child needs a role model in nature. And so having those experiences, not just in the out of doors, but with a trusted caregiver is what builds those bonds the quickest and the most deep is having the role model of someone that they love and trust spending time in nature with them. So, you know, we were talking earlier about like, mom just rang the dinner bell when it was time to come in Mm -hmm. and that's how things should be. But I would argue that like, even though we live in a world where we don't have a lot of time, just spending 15 minutes doing something outside with your kids every day is is better than just sending them out on their own. Not that you should send your three-year-old out on it. <laughs> I mean, not out of nature. He has a, in the summer, he has a dirt pit that he plays in in the front yard. So that's good. I thought that was what awesome. the leash was for. I thought they were just supposed to be puppies anyway. Yeah, <laughs> put them on a leash. I mean, don't knock it. <laughs> I've seen it. My parents put me on a leash. I wandered as a three-year-old. Yeah. Um, my mom swears by it. Um, Our almost two-year-old's going to need one of those. <laughs> hey, they have little monkeys now. Talking about you, Freddie. Hmm. Alrighty. Happy birthday, Freddie. Teddy's the birthday boy. Teddy. Happy Freddy's birthday, the, Teddy. Fred, Happy Frederick's Freddy. the... He'll be two in January, and he likes to run away from us. <laughs> Children. Um, so that uh, finishes up our time right now. One more time, could you say your name and what uh, organization you're from? Yeah, my name is Caitlin Merriman, and I work for Walking Mountain Science Center. Okay, awesome. And so for any of our listeners that want to know more, send us a message. We'll make sure to get out this information on our Facebook page. Um, We are so excited to where this is going. Um, So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Getting outdoors is so important. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really interesting that, I mean, for thousands of years, we've definitely, as as humans, we've realized the kind of power that nature has, whether it's a religious one or just a literal physical power. relationship between nature and being yeah. better and as a as a dad i also want to want my kids to spend as much time as possible outside i think it's just so great for kids to grow up outside so uh a lot of the the advice that she gave i think is great and practical for for parents who want to um, spend more time outside with their own children yeah so thank you so much to caitlin and to dave and to topher the three guests we've had so far on our podcast this month and thank you to our listeners for sticking with us through another episode of rediscover the winds a wyoming history podcast if you like what you heard today like us on facebook at rediscover the winds a wyoming history podcast you can also catch up with us on youtube and facebook and apple podcast uh, the podcasting app of your choice we are now fully a part of the 10cast network so also check out 10cast.county10.com 
And if you've already followed Rediscover the Winds on our various platforms, thank you. Now go review us. Just kidding. I mean, you can. It's up to you, you should really you go should review, review us. us as long as it's nice. Uh, sorry, your support means the world to us. It really does. We love hearing from you guys. Um, we love working with you guys when you message us. So we hope you guys get the chance to someday visit our museums or attend some of the upcoming museum events that we have. And we've listed we listed uh, in the first episode of our mini series. So thanks again to all our wonderful guests for sharing their knowledge and experiences with us. And thanks for listening to this episode of Rediscover the Winds, a Wyoming history podcast. I'm Zach from the Riverton Museum. And I'm Kirsten from the Dubois Museum and Wind River Historical Center. We look forward to continuing this adventure to rediscover the winds with you next time.